Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. Well, we are continuing our series this morning called So Good. Uh, why? Because God is good all the time. God is good. Come on, you've not got up yet this morning. God is good all the time. God is good. Um, keep your ears out for that. We'll be coming back to that phrase quite a lot. And uh, we passionately believe as a church that God is good. And if we catch just a glimpse of God's goodness, then it can transform our lives. It can transform our world. It has, God's goodness has already transformed the world. And so we're going to spend some time thinking about that this morning as we listen, as we look at Exodus chapter 33 together. So if you are here in person, then the words will hopefully pop up on the screen. Um, alternatively, turn to your Bibles as we follow along. Um, this is Exodus chapter 33, and we're going to be starting at verse 12 together, uh, entitled Moses and the Glory of the Lord. So, Exodus starting at 33, starting at verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my, na my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock, when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand, and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. As we come to think about God's word together this morning, let's just uh, commit this time to God in prayer. Father God, we thank you for you are, your goodness, that all the time, you are good. And Lord, as we come to look at this passage together now, we pray again, would you reveal your goodness to us this morning? Would you reveal yourself to us? 
that we might know your goodness more in our lives today as we seek to live and follow you as your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, in our house, we like to encourage good behaviour. Rachel tries it with me, she often fails, but particularly with the boys, uh, we like to encourage them to be good. Sometimes it works, and sometimes I have to confess there is room for improvement. Um, But we want to encourage our kids to be the good young people, the wonderful people that God has created them to be. And so we want to encourage them to embrace good behavior. One way that we do this is by offering them a marble at the end of each day. If they've not had a time out, if they've not had a tantrum, or if they've earned their, if they've been good, then they get given a marble at the end of the day, which they then put in their marble jar. And when they get to the top of their marble jar, then uh, they will be allowed a treat as a reward for their good behavior. It's a simple lesson for the boys to learn. If they are good, then we as their parents will in turn be good to them. And not only is that a helpful thing that we found as a parenting technique, but it's also something that we all see in the world around us. It's a common way that goodness works. If you do good, then good will be done to you. Uh, If you do a good job at work, someone will compliment you on that good job, hopefully, as they see the good things that you have done. If you do something well at work and you keep doing a good job, maybe you will be given a promotion or a pay rise or a bonus or some other kind of reward for, as, a, as a benefit for the good that you have contributed. It's good to receive good things that you have earned and that you deserve. But it's even more amazing when you receive things that are good when, frankly, you don't deserve them. We don't often hear examples, for for example, of people who've made a massive mistake in their work but then get given a promotion and a massive pay rise even despite the mistakes and the failures that they have done. We don't often find people being celebrated when they've messed up and got it all wrong. But that's not what love is. Love isn't just about giving good when people earn it. Sometimes my kids don't deserve a good gift, but I want to shower them with goodness and be kind to them anyway because that's what love is. Uh, Love is about blessing and being good to people even when we don't always deserve it. The best form of goodness that we can all receive is often found in the grace and mercy and love of those who are giving it to us. It's not about what we deserve, but it's what we get to experience despite all that we are and all that we have done. Despite when we've got it all wrong, we can still experience the blessing and the goodness of God. So our reading today from Exodus chapter 33 comes at a crucial point in Israel's history. 
For 40 years, God's people have been wandering around in the desert, waiting to enter the good and faithful land that God had promised them to. And finally, God says to them that they can go into the promised land. And finally, the moment that they'd all been waiting for has arrived. You could be forgiven for thinking that this would be a high point in Israel's history as they celebrate God's goodness and faithfulness to them. Finally, they can enter into the promised land. However, in fact, this is not a high point. It's actually one of Israel's low points. In the previous chapter, uh, if you want to go back and read it later, Moses was up a mountain having a one-on-one with God, chatting things through. And whilst Moses is up the mountain meeting with God that he might lead God's people forward, what are God's people downstairs doing? Well, they've decided that they've had enough. And they don't want to just see a God who's up a mountain that only one person can go and see because he's so good and holy and wonderful. Instead, they want to be able to see a God that they can see. And so they have a quick whip round and they collect loads of gold and then they make that gold into a calf that's made of gold, known as a golden calf. And they decide to worship this golden calf instead of the God who has been so good and faithful to them as he's led them out of Uh, out of Egypt and throughout the, the previous generations. Israel's people, or the people of Israel, had got it all wrong. And needless to say, this didn't go down with God, or don't go down well with God. It showed just how sinful and fickle people can be as we turn away from the one true God, the creator of heaven and earth, as we talked about last week, and they decide to worship a golden cow instead. Of all the choices you could make, they don't quite seem level, although I'm sure it was a very lovely cow. As a result, at the start of this chapter, God says to his people, in effect, go. If you think a golden calf is better than me, then by all means go off into the land that I promised you, but I'm not going with you. I'm staying put and you can go it alone if you want. You can go on without me. Israel had turned away from their God. They had shown their human frailty and sin. They'd got it all wrong. But even when they had got it all wrong, God revealed his goodness to Moses and his faithfulness to his people. We might not worship golden calves today. We might not have a whisp round and create something out of all our possessions that we might be able to see something. But I'm sure that each one of us here today has doubted God. I'm sure each one of us today has said, God, it would be so much easier if only I can see you. Or we've even done, gone one step further and even worship things that we can tangibly see instead of the God that can sometimes seem so distant and far. We will follow and we will worship the things that we can see rather than put our trust in God. In other words, for each one of us here today, there will be times where we too, like the people of Israel, have got it all wrong. And so today we're going to spend a few moments together thinking about how we can respond when we've got it all wrong that we might still be able to experience 
the full goodness of God as we do so. So if you are here today and you're feeling like a bit of a failure, if you're feeling like you've got it all hopelessly wrong in some area of your life and you're really struggling to get beyond that, please know right from the very start that despite the mistakes of your past, you can still know and encounter the goodness of God. In the fallout of all that had happened, Moses starts by pleading with God to teach him his ways. Uh, And so when we get things wrong, the first thing that we need to do is acknowledge it and learn God's ways. In verse 13, Moses says to God this, If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favour with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Moses not only reminds God of all the history that there is between them in the past, but he also recognizes that they have a shared identity together. If you look at Toby and Reuben, my boys, you will see them as individuals in their own right. Uh, But as you look at them, you'll also see that I have a shared identity with them. They are my sons and I am their father. We are a family together. We are associated together. And this is similar to the point that Moses is making to God in this passage, that the people of Israel have a shared identity with their God. As people see the Israelites wandering around in the desert, they're with them that people also see their God because they are associated with one another. They have a shared identity together. Today, for us, here at Arbury Road Baptist Church, that means that people don't just see us gathering here together as a church. They don't just see any one of us individually as members of God's people in this church, but we are God's children. We have a shared identity with God. We resemble God to those around us. We are his people. And God is seen through us. We won't get it all right all the time. We will make mistakes. We will turn against God and sin against him. We will even worship the modern-day equivalent of a golden calf but, there, but we will still be God's people. Moses recognizes the people's common identity with God, and he prays that they might grow into that identity. It's one thing to have an identity. It's another thing to live that identity out. And so Moses prays, God, would you te- help me to be the person that you have created me to be? Teach me your ways he prays. Help me to be the person you want me to be. Help me to find favor in your eyes. When it all goes wrong, when you know you have messed up, please don't lose sight of your identity. Your mistakes do not define your life. God made you and he loves you. He might not like everything that you will do, but you are marked as his. 
as we heard last week, you are created in his image. You are his people. Please can I encourage all of us that we might grow into our identity as children of God. Don't keep making the same mistakes time and time again, but let's echo that prayer of Moses. God, I know we've messed up. I know we haven't done it all right, but teach me your ways. Help me to learn how I can best become and be one of your people. Moses recognized when, that when all goes wrong, not only do we need to learn God's ways, but we also need to continue to depend on God. Again, not only could have this been a highlight for Moses as he entered into the promised land, but it, could have, it was also, um, uh, it could have been a, ho- a, a highlight for Moses personally. Finally, he'd been leading God's people towards this promised land, this land full of God's goodness, flowing with milk and honey, and he was able to be the one to take them into the fulfillment of that promise. Not only had they arrived there, but God had said, go, go into this land of goodness. It was all that Moses had been working towards. But then God says, but I am not coming with you. How easy it could have been for Moses at that moment to say, but the end is there. All we need to do is cross over. God said, go. Thanks, God. Easy got it. I've got it from here. Over we go. We're going to enjoy all the goodness and just go and enjoy it on our own. But, but this is not what Moses says. Look at verse 15 and 16 with me where Moses says this, if your presence does not go with us, Do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Moses could have had it all. He could have got to the end of the game. He could have achieved his goals but he knew what it was to depend on God. He could have had the success and the praise of leading God's people into the promised land, but Moses was wise enough and humble enough to see that even the best things without God are meaningless. It was only because of God and his goodness to his people that they were anywhere near the promised land. So what good was it to turn back from God now. What do we know about God? God is good. All the time, God is good. Are you still awake? Hopefully. God is good. All the time, God is good. To walk away from God would be to walk away from his goodness. If we want to encounter the goodness of God. We need to depend on God and his goodness. Rather than being tempted away by the short-term gains and the things that might look good to us, but are ultimately not where God is leading us. There are countless stories of people 
who've worked their fingers to the bone, who've achieved all their dreams, and their life seems like it's full of good things. But even in the midst of the fame and the wealth and the power and the luxury, ultimately they sit there and life seems unfulfilled. As is often said, they have a God-shaped hole within them and nothing else is able to fill that hole. When we have got it all wrong and turned away from God, when we've sinned and not lived as God would have us live, when we've worshipped other things instead of God, we have a choice to make. Either we can carry on just doing things and think it doesn't matter and it will work itself out in the end and carry on in the same direction going off on our own. We can try and fix it by ourselves and by our own efforts and our own opportunities and our own desires. Or instead, we can turn back and we can depend on God once again. I want to encourage us all today, again, to depend on God alone, that he might reveal his goodness in our lives. Nothing else will distinguish us from the rest of the world if we turn our backs on God. Without God, we are poor, but with God, we are rich. May we never lose sight of that truth. Good things without God are meaningless. So let's continue to depend on him and stay close to him that we might know more of his goodness revealed in our lives. And as Moses then depends on God and longs to learn his ways, God then responds to Moses and and does not hold a grudge against him and God's people, but instead reveals his goodness to Moses and his faithfulness to God's people. The goodness of God, uh, we hear this account of Moses say to God, show me your glory. And as God shows Moses his glory, he doesn't show him his glory. He says he shows him the full extent of his goodness. And this goodness of God is a bit of a funny phase, but God reveals his goodness to Moses and in doing so reveals to him all that is lovely and beautiful and good and generous in his character to Moses. In other words, Moses has a one-on-one encounter with the one true God. God reveals his goodness to Moses, not by changing all the people who decided to get a bit anxious while Moses was up the mountain and have a whip round and a calf and say, Why? God, God didn't say, Moses, you're doing a good job. I'll make everyone else better. Problem sorted. God doesn't, doesn't um, give make reveal his goodness by sorting out all of Moses's problems instead he reveals to him the good his goodness by revealing to him the character of who he is and giving Moses a greater glimpse of the glory and the wonder of God Moses saw God so closely that if he'd have got any nearer, if he'd have got any closer, he would have died, for no one saw, would, could see the face of God and live. 
Moses had the very hand of God cover him up in the cleft of a rock that God may pass by, that he might be able to see the back of God as he followed through. He heard the voice of God proclaim who he was. Moses got to experience the wonder and the goodness of God. And I think this is a vital lesson for us to learn as the church today. And the question is, how is God good to you? How do you see and how do you encounter the goodness of God in your life? I know that for me personally, I can very easily appreciate God's goodness in the blessings that he gives to us, the tangible things that we can all experience. We see God's goodness in his financial provision for us, in the friends and family that we have around us, in the wonderful city that we have been called to live and serve him in. But if that's the full extent of God's goodness in our lives, then frankly, we're missing out greater than any sum of money, greater than any friend or family member, greater than any city that we get to live in is an encounter with the goodness of God. God's goodness is far greater than any of the blessings that we so often associate his goodness to us with. We all want to experience good things. There's nothing wrong with that. We want to, we want to encounter but do we want to encounter the goodness of God alone? Is God alone enough? What would you give to have been Moses on that mountaintop and see the fullness of the goodness of God's holiness and wonder before your very eyes? God is good. All the time, God is good. A couple of you can't follow along that time. Let's try it again. God is good all the time. God is good. And he's revealed himself to us. But is experiencing the goodness of God alone enough for us? Or do we want God plus, as I call it? We want God plus money. God plus security, God plus house, God plus job, God plus city in which we can live in. May we once again take the opportunity to experience the goodness of God for who he is and long to experience his goodness above anything else. We might not experience the mountaintop experience that Moses did, But do we long to see the goodness of God alone? The goodness of the promised land is nothing compared to the goodness of God. Good things without God are meaningless. As Moses experiences God, God says that he will have mercy on those whom he has mercy and he will have compassion on those on whom he will have compassion. The goodness of God is caught up with the mercy and the compassion of God. God is not just good to those who deserve it, not just good to those who have earned it, but as the psalmist declares in Psalm 145, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. 
The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Even at their lowest points, God remained faithful to his people and he revealed his goodness through his mercy and his compassion to them. Throughout the Bible, God brings his presence into the midst of our sin and failure and our wrongdoing, and he comes and draws alongside and lives alongside us. At our worst, God does not remain distant, but he draws close and reveals the wonder of his goodness in the midst of the darkness that surrounds us. Just as the beauty and the goodness of a diamond is best seen up against a back cloth, so it is with God's goodness to us. And ultimately, nowhere can this be seen more clearly than in Jesus, who even though we were far from God, came to reveal the full extent of his goodness, mercy and compassion to us by going to the cross in our place. So if today you want to experience the goodness of God, can I invite you to experience Jesus, that he might reveal the fullness of his goodness, his mercy, his grace and compassion in your life. No matter what mistakes we have made, even when we've got it all wrong, no matter how ungodly we might feel, God can and he will still reveal his goodness in your life. And so let's be people who remember our identity and seek to grow into that identity as we learn God's ways. Let's depend on God and know that good things without him are meaningless so let's focus on him alone and let's once again experience the wonder of god's goodness mercy and compassion as we look to jesus in our lives today let's pray together father god we thank you that you are good we thank you that even when we don't deserve it you are good to us. Lord, we pray that we might continue to grow into the people that you have called us and created us to be. Lord, we pray that and echo that prayer of Moses this morning, that we might learn your ways, that we might find favour in your eyes and know more of your goodness. Lord, forgive us for those times where we've been distracted from you, where we've not depended on you and sought to find goodness in things other than you. And Lord, this morning we again bring our attention back to you, recognizing that good things without you are meaningless. And so, Lord, we give our hearts and our minds and our lives back over to you and say, Lord, we depend on you today. Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy and your compassion that you have shown to us, not least, in the wonderful sacrifice that Jesus made for us, that we might see the full extent of your goodness. 
And so, Lord, today, may we continue to know your goodness, overflowing out into our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.